the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be taking a break from our usual format of discussing Beef Watch newsletter articles. Today's discussion will focus around current cattle market conditions and also the USDA cattle inventory report that was released on January 31st. To discuss these topics, I'm joined today by Dr. David Anderson, who's an extension economist with Texas A&M University. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Anderson. Hey, thanks for having me on. Dr. Anderson, we're going to talk about a couple different topics today, but the first one I think I'd like to get your perspective on is we've kind of seen some market conditions the last couple of weeks here as we record this sitting at the end of January, 1st of February. That's been some events where we've seen some drops in cattle prices. Give some perspective on what we're seeing driving some of those things and the impact to the market. Well, you're absolutely right. In the last, you know, week and a half or so, <laughs> two weeks, the markets, you know, the market as the futures market's really kind of fallen out of bed. They're really, I think, in kind of in coordination or in sympathy to lots of other markets that have declined a lot, really due to this coronavirus. What does that do? You know, if you quarantine millions of people, who normally would have been out carrying on their business and doing stuff, what does that do to kind of markets and market flows and, and for our perspective, exports to China? You know, I think that's the big event that's caused turmoil lately. And, you know, we, we think about these really rare big events. Usually we think of them as adverse, a black swan event. Maybe this coronavirus is the next one and we'll sort of see how it plays out. Fundamentally, in terms of beef's exposure to the Chinese market, our exports to China are not very big. You know, one to 2% roughly of our total beef exports. And so we don't have a lot of exposure there uh, on the beef side, but you know, markets are interrelated and, and people act on that. So I think that's the main source of this most recent uh, decline. As we look forward to the month of February, March, and Cattle producers thinking about this next calf crop that's coming on for those that are spring calving. Any things they might want to pay attention to as they think about current cattle market conditions and, and their situation as they relate to that? You know, I think the first thing is, you know, if we look forward to kind of what we expect in the market, and this will relate some to this cattle inventory report, but, you know, as I look forward thinking about prices and production this year, we've really sort of peaked in terms of cattle numbers. Uh, we're starting to decline in cattle numbers. Uh, the opposite cycle to the inventory cycle is a price cycle. And so, you know, I expect fall calf prices this year to be better than they were in 2019. If for no other reason, we're going to have a little bit tighter supplies, fewer calves on the market, fewer animals for sale. And so, you know, that leads to some higher prices. And I think, too, as we think about cattle as a cyclical industry and numbers starting to decline because prices were low and unprofitable for a lot of producers. And, you know, out in the country, in a lot of parts of the country, uh, big cow-calf areas, there are a lot of anecdotal reports of, of conception problems and smaller calf crops and, and some things like that. You know, we've pulled back in, in cattle numbers, and so we're headed for some higher numbers if we think about that cycle. But the other side of it, you know, that's sort of our supply argument. The other side's the demand argument. And I would argue we've got the best beef demand in the U.S. in 25 years. 
So if we're really going to go through a cycle of now we're cutting number of cows because we've been unprofitable, we cut the number of cows, we're going to start cutting into beef production, yet that good demand is there. I think that sets us up again, even on the beef demand side, for higher prices. And so, gosh, I think that's where we are. So if we think about, you know, spring calving here pretty soon, you know, I think it's really a time when we think about, hey, let's control what we can control. You know, we take care of our costs, we take care of the animals, we take care of the, the production side of things, the stuff we can really get our hands on and control, preparing for that fall market or when we normally sell. We mentioned the cattle inventory and no real big surprises there, but as you said, tend to be a trend to have lower cattle inventories. Anything that shaped the market there or do you think will shape the market as we move forward? Well, I, you know, for number geeks, this is a pretty big report. This is one that really we can look at and kind of confirms a lot of our, our expectations or if we've been doing some statistical work or whatever, hey, you know, the report was in the right direction. Fewer beef cows. And I'll tell you, there's a couple of numbers in here that I always look at, to me, that are most important. I look at the number of beef cows. And I look at that one because really our cows are the engine that drives our system, right? And so I like to look at beef cow numbers. And the report showed fewer cows this year than last year, down about 1.2%. So actually down a little more than the pre-report estimates were. But... Uh, you know, I think that's that makes some sense. We sent a lot of cows to market last year. We sent a lot of heifers to market. So we got fewer cows. That's the big number. I think if we looked at some state-by-state breakdowns, we look at some of our big cow-calf producing states really up the plains from Texas to North Dakota. You know, we look at most of those states. Most of those states had fewer cows, fewer beef cows than a year ago. And that's, you know, all, that's kind of the big engine of the of the cow herd. So really uh, looking at it kind of quickly here, because it's hot off the presses, up the Great Plains, really North Dakota is about the only state that showed a larger cow herd than last year. And so most other states were down. Uh, you know, where we see the decline in cow herd, it's, it's in a lot of our major states, you know, where you are, where your listeners are, where I am, you know, it really helped the plains. So I like to look at beef cow numbers. I think that's the most interesting one. And I'll tell you in the back, there's a, there's one where they look at the number of cattle on small grain pastures. So we get in the Southern Plains, Texas, Oklahoma, into Kansas. Uh, we graze a lot of cattle over the winter on wheat pasture. Uh, you go a little further south, there's more oats. Uh, but again, our winter grazing systems, and it showed uh, a fairly sharp decline this year from last year of cattle on small grain pastures. So it gives us a notion of, hey, how many how many feeder cattle are out there that are destined for a feedlot over the next couple of months, and that number's smaller. I think that makes a lot of sense because we had a lot of pretty adverse conditions of getting wheat pasture established. I think that led to probably pushing more to feedlots earlier uh, rather than to wheat pasture, and so you know, it gives us maybe a little tighter supplies of those heavyweight feeders that usually come off wheat in March, May. So, I, you know, I think that's an interesting number in the report as well. And, and if we looked at, you know, kind of a third choice, if we looked at heifers held for beef cow replacements, uh, those are down from a year ago as well. And so, you know, 
we're set up in this cycle of having hit the peak and now starting to come down in terms of numbers. I almost forgot there's one other thing I found to be pretty interesting in the report. Often USDA will revise some past data. Uh, they get another set of data in and they've got, you know, the, this survey. They made a couple of revisions that I think are pretty interesting. Uh, one is they revised the cow herd from last year down a little bit. They also revised the calf crop lower. Particularly the one I find interesting is from 2018. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense because if you look at the how many cattle we sent to market last year, we, we slaughtered fewer fed steers last year in 2019 uh, than we did the year before. Well, you know what, if you're really going to, there's only about one use for a steer that I know of, and that's <laughs> going on feed and going to market. And so if we consistently slaughtered all year long fewer steers than the year before, it might suggest that some revisions in the, in the data were probably likely. And I think that, that USDA made those revisions as they saw all the statistics come in. And so I think, I think that was probably in the appropriate direction as well. And something I was looking for in the report is somebody who spends a little time analyzing markets. You mentioned just beef cow inventory, the number of cows that were harvested in 2019. And also we've talked about not here, but just in the past, you know, import of kind of cutter canner type beef. As we think about the world scenario, specifically Australia and some of the things that have occurred there, what do you think is going to be happening from a cold cow price standpoint as we move through 2020? Are we going to see some strength here or are we going to kind of hang around where we've been here in the latter part of 2019? You know, I sort of expect the cow market to rebound a little bit as well. Now, some of that depends on you know, do we continue to make the herd smaller so we send more cows to market? Because, you know, as you have a bigger herd, you got more cows that are going to go to market anyway. Part of what's pressured call cow prices has been dairy cow calling. Because of this long-running, really, disaster on the dairy side for many producers that's, that's forced a lot of dairymen out of business in the last couple of years around the country, we, ran a, we put a lot of dairy cows to market. You know, I, I tend to expect that to slow a little bit on the dairy side, so that helps cull cow prices. On the beef cow side, I would I would think we don't see another big surge over 2019 in cow culling. That helps us a little bit. If we look at some of the wholesale market for, say, 90% lean beef, because, you know, most of our cull cows, most of that beef is going to ground beef. It's going to hamburgers. Uh, and that's where we get our lean to mix with fat from our fed cattle. And, and so, you know, the wholesale 90 lean market has been very good. And so I think that helps. I think one of the other interesting things in the call cow market is, is y'all may have noticed uh, we have some very wide ranges in call cow values. Those that got a little more flesh on them, got some more fat on them, have, are in better shape they've been bringing significantly better prices than the sorry ones, if I can put it that way. Uh, and, and I think that's related to what we see in those wholesale meat markets uh, for 90 lean and, and whatnot. You know, most of what we import in terms of beef is our trimmings, lean trimmings that we turn into ground beef. Uh, Australia is a major source of that, yet they've gone through this long-term drought. 
that has cut into their herds. Uh, they've got these fires that is likely to cut into their herds some more. Uh, if these rains are fully widespread and get, they get some pasture recovery, they might want to boost their herds, which cuts into their meat supplies as well. And, you know, they've been sending more beef to China, which pulls that beef away from us and away from other markets. And so we've got a really, I think, real interesting situation going forward is we're an attractive market for lean beef trimmings. So we keep getting beef from there, yet their herds are shrinking. And so do those, some of those other markets like China um, draw away some more of those supplies and leave us with a little bit less of that competition and some better call cow pricing. So, you know, that's a, that's a long story to get to something where I think, you know, I tend to expect some better call cow prices this year than last year. Anything else you think that producers should be kind of keeping their eye on from a market perspective as we continue on through 2020? Yeah, you know, as I think looking forward, I really think it's, you know, I try to focus on what I can control. And and we get these, you know, by their, by definition, a, back, a black swan event or some great event like that is one you weren't expecting. <laughs> so I think if we can control what we control and really focus on that, do the right production things, focus on costs. And then looking forward, you know, before this big decline in the feeder cattle contract, I, you know, two weeks ago, I thought the feeder cattle contract looked pretty attractive. So I think if some opportunities come out or come along to look at fall calves, if you look at some prices that are offered, whether it's the futures market or options, there or forward sales you know if it looks like an attractive price there's nothing wrong with grabbing it with that backdrop that fundamentally you know i do expect higher prices this year than last year so you know i think there's there's opportunities that may show up in the futures market and there's nothing wrong with grabbing a good price when you can grab it well i really appreciate your time dr anderson thanks for joining us this is fun aaron thanks for having me on well, for more information on Dr. Anderson, I'd encourage you to visit his website. He's part of the Texas A&M Department of Agricultural Economics. There you can find his personal webpage that he has several resources on related to current cattle market conditions.